are now going to move into part five featuring 9-11. Why the heck not 9-11? We kind of touched on it a little bit. I yes. told you yes. where you know where I was, and then I think we got sidetracked. I can't even remember all the details. You were in the shower. Your mom came and, came and got you. Yeah. And then I don't know where we went from there, but we went to JFK. Yes. We, we go all over the place, Michael. I, uh, <laughs> I was at work at one of my clients' home, a uh, big, big, huge house in Fairbanks Ranch. We were uh, doing the interior, exterior of her house. And all of a sudden the planes hit. Okay. Now, looking back on that, what we've seen is we found trebinium, a byproduct from a micro nuke. So there was. I, wait, was it thorium? Turbinium. Turbinium. So uh -huh. the only mention of turbinium that I know of is from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> Total Recall, where it is a futuristic resource that's being harvested on Mars. That's right. And I think that um, uh -huh. that probably plays that into it, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but I need to, Kyle, look up turbinium. <laughs> Hopefully I have it right. We've okay. got terbium okay. is a chemical element with the symbol TB and atomic number 65. I could be off on my description. Sounds like I'm close to it, though. Um, the spelling. So it was a residue that they found all over the cars, all over the street, indicating micronukes were used. Oh, that's fun. Now, what made it complicated is the interior electrical systems from the automobiles that were parked around the explosions, they ignited and caught fire. When the papers thermite and a thermite I called that, it tribinium. Yeah. Thermite. Well, it's thermite and thermite. We've got I knew it was, we're right there. It's, two, two heads are always better than one. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> hey, let's give it up to our boy, Kyle. Well done, Kyle. Um, Trebinium they found on Mars in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total, Total Recall. Recall. Yeah, that's right. It was the precious metal that the supervillain Cohagen that's was right. after an evil so corporation. Thermite. So thermite. And Is it a says, byproduct. It says thermite or here's another one, super thermite which I didn't know was a thing at all. Yes. Um, so yes. I guess that is a... Byproduct of a micro nuke. Yeah. Okay. They found that residue everywhere. Okay. Now, the electrical systems inside the vehicles burned, caught on fire. At ground zero. At ground zero. All of the paper and trash outside everywhere... Wasn't scorch, not one iota, not even a little bit. Yeah, that was confusing that there were like papers cruising around, but there was molten steel at the- Melted. Yeah. Melted. And it was molten for, for a long time after the collapse, right? Jet fuel can't do that. <sighs> the old phrase of jet fuel can't Jet fuel can't do that. Steel beams. It cannot. My, a micro nuke can. So that's another indicator. Was the explosion in Lebanon quite recently? People have thrown around the idea that it was a miniaturized nuclear bomb. Do you think there's any validity in that? I and I don't want to get I don't want to get derailed. I saw the explosion. Yeah, uh, it looked to me like it may have been. What's the name of it? It's right on the tip of my tongue. It is a neutron bomb. Oh. Neutrons were developed to blow up things instead of people. So you can actually take out kind of like smart bombs because they have incredible accuracy, but it's a control burst. So a neutron bomb specifically targets inorganic matter as opposed to organic matter? That's one. That's the beginning of the definition. That's mind blowing to me. That's so the I, beginning of a definition. And okay. then you have. It won't destroy people, but structure. Okay. It was designed to destroy structure, not people. That's I, how it looked to me. Okay. I don't think it was a nuke. 
nukes are more you got more uh combustion you have more fire and uh-huh yeah uh-huh i mean i saw the explosion yeah it was like boom the amount of times in the first day that the story changed on that was just astounding yes that they were saying oh it was a fireworks factory and it's like why do you have a fireworks factory next to a port and they were like oh no it was a fertilizer factory it's like that doesn't make sense either and they were like oh it was a chemical storage facility and it's like maybe next to a port if they're shipping that they want to pin that attack i think on israel i heard that it was hezbollah that, that was the, mm-hmm. That was, uh, mm-hmm. or potentially the PLO, uh-huh. Palestinian Liberation Organization. Uh-huh. But Israel, Israel is in danger right now. Why is that? Didn't Israel just have a peace deal with the UAE? That's really recent that Trump helped mm-hmm. coordinate the UAE and Israel peace deal, which I think is a pretty big deal. A huge deal. I think, and I have to connect a few dots. I have some sources. Uh, Benjamin Fulford is one of those sources. Okay. But Israel has always been meant to be a sacrifice to begin World War III. I don't like the sound of that. In the protocols, actually, it's they talk about World War I, II, and three, and what must be sacrificed in order to fulfill those wars. So Was those, 9-11, let's tie this back into 9-11. Was 9-11 a push towards that? Because Absolutely. I remember that there was a lot of theories going around as to, to what happened. And you had the 9-11 commission, and it was a very short report, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the official report that was given by Bush and Cheney, it was only like 45 pages long or something like that. It was very, very minimal. But you had a lot of engineers and scientists that were hell-bent on figuring out, hey, what the heck happened? What really happened? So you do have, I've heard a lot of different theories of, you know, what took down the towers? Was it a miniaturized nuke? Was it planes? Was it something else? Well, what was the point? I mean, the result certainly was the authorization of what? The Patriot Act, which allowed for unlimited surveillance on the American public. Uh-huh. And then you had... Posse comitatus. Uh, come again? Was amended. Posse comitatus. Posse comitatus was amended. So from, from 1200 to, I want to say 2005, you could use, now use... U.S. troops, U.S. military on the streets of the U.S. Hmm. Look it up. So further, so that goes a step further than National Guard? Uh, Yeah. National Guard have to stand out. You actually, you're going to deploy military troops on your own streets. But they ran into difficulty. We've discussed this because they tested us all at the time to determine whether or not we would fire on American troops. Hmm. That's how they came up with their UN armies who have been coming in and out. They've cycled them in and out of America since 911. Because your UN armies, much like Dragoff in Rocky Four, was it four or five? Ivan Drago? When he fought the Russian? Ivan Drago. Remember, the Russian had no difficulty killing the once champ. Right. He had no problem killing him in the ring. That's the same mentality of the foreign troops that they want to turn onto the streets of the United States of America. That sounds terrible. But what else happened after 9-11 was the Iraq war Mm -hmm. uh, going after Saddam, which a lot of people were upset about. And we spent quite a bit of money pursuing what was described as an objectiveless war. Um, looking for chemicals of destruction, weapons of mass destruction. Uh-huh. I think that's uh-huh. 
when that terminology really entered the public vernacular. You also had the war on terror, which Mm -hmm. was one of the most asinine concepts I had ever heard of Mm -hmm. because you're going after a concept and there is no clear objective or timeline that goes with defeating terror. When can you plant your flag in the sand and say, terror, you're done. It's Uh impossible. It's just like the war on drugs. Uh We love pursuing objectiveless wars. And I don't know whether I'm out of line saying, I'm going to push it a step further Mm -hmm. and tie it into the present. Mm -hmm. I think this whole thing, the war on racism is another thing that is objectiveless and has no end. Exactly. Exactly. Now you just highlighted some very, very important things. Okay. So the war on terror was to highlight a particular target market group. And at the time, it was the Middle Easterners. Right. Okay. But that transitioned into the image of the underwear bomber. Oh, I remember that. In my hometown of Detroit. And he was a plant. Okay. Then they started going after guys who looked like him, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this has all been staged because, again, what's the battle? The serpent seed against the woman's seed. So that was all designed to take away your rights. But it was the beginning of the abomination that would cause desolation. One could argue that most things that have happened after that are I mean, relative to the surveillance is entirely unconstitutional because it violates the Fourth Amendment, which is the right to resist unreasonable search and seizure. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that all boils down to who you are, though. It all boils down to who you are. Right. Because now, if you, I don't know if you've noticed, they have a tendency to show up with no warrant. Why? Because the Constitution has been suspended since 1933. So that's news. Okay, Mike, you can't drop something like that. That's like a pretty huge call out to be like, oh, yeah, the Constitution hasn't. What do you mean it's been suspended since 33? This is my conversation with a group of attorneys just days ago. Okay. Okay. And this will answer your question. It was. Now we know what to stand together and fight for. If not, there will be nothing left, including grandchildren or legacy. Using our irrevocable trust through the courts of executorship, we must oppose these agendas and their effect on family structure and sustainability, eventually ending up in the world court. The Supreme Court is just a front much like the Federal Reserve banking system having nothing to do with the federal government except to impose usury on the U.S. citizenry born as sovereigns prior to the fall of the Republic, before Jekyll Island in 1913. After the small group of private international bankers bankrupted the Republic, the Constitution and everything established through the Founding Fathers is now suspended slash null and void. Okay, that's pretty crap news. With, <laughs> with here it is, with U.S. citizenry put up as collateral on state and federal loans. Check out the DTCC, the Depository Trust Clearing Corporation. It is there your birth certificate and social security number, a bond, is put up as collateral on the loans. Therefore, You are property of the privately owned and operated Federal Reserve, IMF, and World Banking System and are traded on the stock market as a human commodity. So everybody has been a slave, in closing, everybody has been a slave since the BK of the Republic, verified in Revelations 18 and slaves and souls of men. Notice you have slaves and then you have souls of men. Okay. That makes everybody a slave. This is the same bloodline that Christ threw out of the temple, the serpent seed spoke of in Genesis 3.15. When he's flipping tables. The attorney gets back to me and he says, I agree 100%. Oh, 
So this was a group of attorneys and we were talking about this. So, so, so that's on your social security card. There's a reason that your name is in all caps is because you are collateral. You are, you are sovereign. A, you are a corporation, you are right? A corporation. That's why you get your, we talked about it. Yes. You get your summons to the court in all caps because you're actually a corporation, not a sovereign. So you are owned by the Federal Reserve, IMF, World Bank, and you have a number. And you can find that number on the stock exchange. That's since the fall of the Republic. Well, listen here, Mike. What if I (laughs) wanted to say I want my freedom, Uh, IMF and Federal Reserve? Here's how much is it going to cost me? How much am I worth, Mike? That's what the matrix was all about, unplugging you so you could have your freedom. So what is what are the characteristics of someone who is quote unquote free now? So if you're suggesting that anyone in the US or is it anyone in the world, everyone in the world is technically a slave to these, uh, what do we call them? Um, To the Federal Reserve, IMF and World Banking System. Okay. So those are global entities. Uh Uh-huh. Global, you're a slave globally, except for one person. And who is that? The Pope. The Pope is sovereign. Hmm. So how do, how does one, you know, this is very, this is really interesting because check this. The other day I was reading something. Oftentimes I read far too much and I happened across a story that was a little bit interesting is there are now people, there is this movement Mm -hmm. of what is called the sovereign citizen. So people declaring that U.S. laws do not apply to them Mm -hmm. because they are entirely their own entity. It seems quite far-fetched to me that you could all of a sudden, you know, Family Guy made an interesting episode in its very early years about Peter he made his own country. He decided to make his own country and declared himself sovereign from the United States. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? A, is it possible? And B, if it is, how would you become sovereign? You would start with forming your own irrevocable trust. We want to start there. So that's so just, there's legal action that you can take. Absolutely. I'm talking to a group of attorneys there. I'm giving them a strategy because they ask me pretty much the same question you're asking. Sure. Okay. It's a question worth asking, is it not? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it starts with an irrevocable trust and you're the managing partner of the trust. So now you can, at the courts of executorship, because that's the highest court in the land, you can now, right? You can now request to have sovereignty. Now, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that at the world court. You're going to remain a humble servant to the trust. But as a managing partner, whether you have assets or not, you're trying to secure your legacy. (laughs) So so you're saying that this court of executorship? Uh Uh-huh. It's the courts of executorship, which is the highest court in the land. So that supersedes the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Well, no, it doesn't. You, you, eventually, we will want to supersede the Supreme Court because right now we're still under the guidelines and the scrutiny of the Supreme Court mm-hmm. as we sit. Okay. But eventually what we want, uh, and that's why I proposed it to a group of attorneys that I can work with because we got to figure out some kind of way to, uh, use hydroxychloroquine instead of a vaccine, okay? Mm -hmm. So as a managing partner to your irrevocable trust, you provide the court with evidence that questions the stability of your legacy if you were to take a vaccine. And you provide them with the evidence. You show them how it cuts life short, how you're bound to come up with some type of health-related problem, whether it be cancer, but you have to prove your case as an irrevocable trust, not as a person, not as a, not in civil court. You'll get, you'll get killed. So you would what have What do you to, mean you'll get killed? You'd get killed. 
in civil court. If you showed up as yourself. Metaphorically or like, no, no. like, are we saying, maybe (laughs) are we saying like, we're not, you are an entity. You are going to, you need to be preserved to sustain your trust in your legacy. And this is what the attorneys are going to come up with. So we have a strategy Mm. on how to overcome these bastards who want to take us out. Wow. Love that call. You got to have a game plan. So they're asking, they asked me and I said, here's what we should do. And they practice law. So let me try to piece this together a little Mm -hmm. bit. So you present your case Mm -hmm. to this court saying, I have this irrevocable trust and it is in the interest of maintaining said trust that I be alive. And if anything were to compromise me uh, being alive, Uh that would interfere with the maintenance of this trust. Sustainability of the legacy. So Uh therefore, I I have a special skill set to manage it. And I need to be sovereign Uh from the. I just, I need to not take a vaccine. Oh, that's the only reason you're doing it? Your actions are going to prove you're sovereign, but you're not going to ever say that. You're acting. You understand? No. This is the strategy. <laughs> this is. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is. A- <laughs> <laughs> this is the strategy that you want to use to be sovereign. Those of us who know how to present it to the courts of executorship, and you're going to have a, an attorney present your case. Okay. You're going to tell him what to do because he works for you. And then he's going to present it. Most likely he's going to have to eventually end up in the world court to present it because believe you me, everybody and their mother is not going to take this vaccine. There's going to be some who do and some who won't. I was reading that Bill Gates is anticipating a 30% rate of people going ahead with the vaccine. And there's so much conflicting information out there where people have already said, oh, the vaccine might provide immunity for this long, but not forever. And it might work. But there seems to be a lot of whispers in the wind that the vaccine is full of nonsense, like nanobots. And you know what? I don't know anything about nanobots, but they sound scary as can be. Have you seen the Joes about G.I. Joes when the guy pulls up on his bike and he whips open this big cone and all these nanobots come out? No. And they're nuclear nanobots with micro nukes. And he sets them. I just saw it. Great movie. The Joes. You got to see it. Okay, I'm with it. Yeah. But you see the nanobots in there. And they blow up everything according to plan. You program them. And it was like a thousand of them. You open this thing up and they all fly out. That's real weaponry. So you know if you see it in a movie, that's R&D. So I've done the research and development. I can illustrate how it works. I actually have it. That's real. So they're showing off their technology in the movies. You know, that was uh, something that I had <laughs> I had thought about. Um, a while ago is that science fiction and science reality, science reality has got to be crazier than most people's imagination at this point. It is. And it was really interesting. A number of years ago, I'd say probably in the early 2000s, all the way up until maybe 2011, 2012, there was a lot of chit chat about this concept called the singularity. And The singularity conceptually is because we're on the conversation of incredibly high tech stuff. Sure. The singularity and what it means is that the rapidity of technological advancement, it would become so voracious that it would eclipse the significance of all human history prior to that point. Yes. So. A lot of people thought that that would be the Uh birth of artificial intelligence, that that would be the ultimate 
technological inception point where everything became so advanced that the past, you mm. just couldn't focus on it anymore. Yes. But I've heard of that. It's interesting because the amount of historical records and sheer content that the human race produces on a minute by minute basis, there's the amount of records that we produce in terms of sheer data size that doubles every so often and it doubles and doubles and doubles. It's an exponential curve mm -hmm. until you hockey stick and you're basically mm -hmm. moving into technological infinite uh, advancement. And I think that is ultra AI. Quantum physics, quantum, quantum physics. Yeah, quantum computing. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Google's already got a quantum computer. Yes. I think the race right now, technologically, of these large organizations, um, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Googles, Feed the Pfizer. Apples. Feed Pfizer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pfizer. Yeah. They've, they've mm -hmm. all... Uh, been developing their quantum computing networks and mm -hmm. they have so much data mm -hmm. and they are basically trying to come up with a computing solution to process it all. Uh, Feedvisor is the algorithm that tells us what to buy on Amazon, uh -huh. what to sell, how to control the buy box. So it's quantum computing. Their corporate office is in Tel Aviv. Uh-huh. So they're doing that for every, every category, real estate, car buying, uh, credit scores, uh, tuitions. So they're controlling the entire world hmm. out of Tel Aviv and Belgium, where they have the beast computer and the quantum computing of the beast, oh. which is already gave Bill Gates his numbers for the people who are most likely going to take the vaccine and take the chip. So they have an idea already. They just need a national emergency, much like they they have here. Yeah. While they start rationing out cards, debit cards, they want to ration out a chip instead. Mm-hmm. Oh, the ride, it never ends, mm -hmm. Mike. <laughs> it never ends. You know, so this is what we're up against. Yeah. Well, and it's all spiritual. It's not physical. Well, and that's why you've got to take a time out on the Sabbath <laughs> and you just chill for a second. Because a lot of this stuff is, uh, oh boy, dude, it's, dude, uh, it's, it's, a day. it's overwhelming. It's a day you go to the beach, you go right outside, you go to the beach, right? You spend time with friends, you embrace each other. It's a day to be grateful and to be thankful. And notice it's not religious at all. It's one-on-one, -on -one, you and him. Well, I feel like we got sidetracked off of... 9-11, but we didn't at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the ushering in yeah. of more restrictive government mm -hmm. and the stripping away of more of your rights mm -hmm. and what a person can do to mm -hmm. have some sort of recourse. Uh -huh. And it is an incredibly, as you've described it, an incredibly esoteric legal proceeding. It is. That I don't think your average person is going to uh ever they, pursue no they want they won't have a clue they won't have a clue because number one we don't unify so chances of you unifying with someone with this knowledge who could help you with it step by step is highly unlikely sure that's the purpose for dumbing down the masses so you don't have them rising up against you but we do have the knowledge Speaking of dumbing down the population, I just got to call this out. The other day, mm -hmm. Joe Biden took an interview from none other than pop sensation, I guess they call her, Cardi B, former stripper who admitted to drugging men and stealing from them <laughs> in, a, in our potential uh, presidential hopeful Joe Biden took an he hasn't been taking interviews, mm -hmm. but he took an interview with this gal who barely speaks English. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, part of me laughed mm -hmm. and I was like, boy, this is absurd. And then part of me had a question like, 
is the average American, does this resonate with them? And I hope the answer is absolutely not. I can't see anybody sensible seeing that and being like, yep, this is who I want. Yeah. Like, this is who I want the leader of the free world associating themselves with. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating to me. And not as though this gal, um, I don't have contempt for her, Mm -hmm. but I do have an expectation of the leadership of a country to say, okay, Mm -hmm. I am called to do things in a way that is a little bit more professional than this. Right. And no knock on this gal. No. But the kind of music that she's putting out, boy, I hope you haven't polluted your ears and brain with with what's going on there. She interviewed Sanders before him. Uh, Did you see that that interview? I heard about that. I haven't Uh seen that interview. But is that Uh this? Is that the death stroke? Is that the killing blow to a candidate is to be interviewed by Cardi B? It is political clout. It's cooler than cool to be associated with her because I think she's got, uh, I'm in the same loop she is on Instagram. I think she's got like 5 million followers or something like that. Sure. So these guys are not dumb. They want to be associated with those who can vote for them. So naturally, he can get some political capital from an interview with Cardi B. Um, it blows me away the mind of this man that they want to be president. And it's perfect because they want someone mindless. I mean, that's, it's all saying that he's mindless is like almost an understatement. And I've said it before on the podcast where it's, it's more tragic than anything, right? Is this is an older man who. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, should be um, who's medicated, en- enjoying time at a lake house with his family mm-hmm. and not concerning himself with mm-hmm. the ever increasingly complex right. geopolitical landscape. A hundred percent, and it's almost insulting to the sensibility and the intelligence of the average American mm-hmm. who is. They're just daring you to vote for the guy. They're saying the powers that be, I've, I've said this, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, I know I've shared this thought with a friend or two, is that it's a loyalty oath. This vote for Biden is a loyalty oath uh-huh. saying, so how much do you hate Trump? How much do you hate him uh-huh. enough That's to it. vote for a guy who might die in six months. That's it. It's very, very sadistic Mm -hmm. because you have to think that somewhere in the country that there is a leader who has got their faculties together a little bit better than Joey B. Joey B has been involved in politics for 47 years. Right. Okay. His eight-year stint in the prior administration, they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. And we can break those details down and be very specific. And I, let's just start with infrastructure here in the United States. They did nothing. Well, our infrastructure, Zero. it's funny. I was reading a quote from the director of the U.S. Department of Transportation the other day, Mm -hmm. and what a quote it was. Mm -hmm. He was asked, so what do you think about United States infrastructure? And he said, it's basically a whole lot of things being thrown together with duct tape, and we're running out of duct tape. Mm -hmm. Nothing's being maintained. Nothing is being maintained. Except with what Trump has done in the last two and a half, three years. So he's actually, he's actually investing money back into the communities. Okay. But he's got to get cooperation from Democrats to do it because he still has, well, take, for example, here's what I mean. Michigan was blue. Okay. My hometown. Mm -hmm. It's red now. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you still, you still have people in, in high places that are diehard Democrats, okay, yellow dog Democrats, who put up 
bureaucratic resistance, even when the money comes in. They want to try to make him look bad and try to make him look as though mismanagement is still taking place, even though he's funding infrastructures to be taking place. So you have bureaucratic resistance in old blue states that are now red. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about this. What do you say to somebody who has been on the receiving end of, you know, take, take your average American who's been on the receiving end of a political onslaught of dragging Trump's name through the mud for the past four years. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a study that was just done that showed that I think it was 95% of political coverage of Trump in the past four years has been negative. And Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't surprise me. And so I think you have a lot of people who now have had it beaten into them so many times Mm -hmm. that it's taken basically as modern day gospel, right? Where it's Trump is racist, sexist, homophobic. He's a bigot. They use all these power words that mm-hmm. are meant to freak people out. And That's so right. they say, oh, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist, right? right? And nothing freaks people out more than being like, no, I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. That's right. And so it's a very, it's a very effective tactic to use. Yes. Reverse but, psychology. You know, I think you have people who support Trump all across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would have you believe that your Trump supporter is this flag waving, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just wrapped in a Trump Mm -hmm. 2020 cloak, running around with a bullhorn, nonsensically yelling like, Trump. But I think you've got a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are actually like, you know what? I don't think he's as terrible as people say he no, is. And yes, you do have you do have some Trump fanatics, right? Yes. You do have some people who are die hard rah rah yes, yes Trump. Yes. But then I think you have people who are like he can't be as bad as people are mm-hmm. saying he is. That's right. I find myself as having a remarkably tepid response to Trump where I think I'm more surprised by the sociological reaction to him yes. more than I am, you know, it's funny because I genuinely don't think he's, he's not, he's not the figure that he's made out to be. But never before has a king of such great wealth identified so well with poor whites. Hmm. He has made sure that he is a complete opposite of Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama, you ask him a question, you never get an answer. You really never got an answer. You get some beautiful flowing words. You get some beautiful flowing words and he would smooze you to death, but you would never really get an answer. With, With Mr. Trump, you can get an answer. And guess what? He doesn't really care if you like it or not. He is not the orator that Obama was and really still is because- that's uh, right. Barack Obama has not left politics. No, he they're, is not. They're using him. No, he's not. They're using left. him to promote Biden. Yes. They're using him. That's how bad they want Trump out of there. He is in the globalist way. They would have been had this place rounded up. They actually want to round up the people, you know. Mm. They would have been at World War III if Hillary was in office because, you know, the Rothschilds bought the campaign for her. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like a what? Like a $2.8, $3 billion. Uh huh. Endeavor, something that, like and that. That's nothing for them. That's nothing. Well, one of the silliest things to this day that I think people still harp on is that, you know, Russia stole the election as if mm-hmm. Russia, A, were the only foreign country right. that has any vested interest mm-hmm. in changing the outcome of a U.S. election. I think there are. Which they don't. Like. Technically, they don't. Listen. I have no idea, but they're saying, you know, $100,000 worth of Facebook ads took down mm-hmm. the $3 billion uh, Clinton campaign. I don't know. The whole thing to me, U.S. politics, I've said it before, and mm-hmm. it, and I might just be an extreme cynic. But where, you're not. Where I say a lot of this is smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. It's a big show. I don't know how much of it 
I should really take seriously. Mm -hmm. I think Trump is made to be this larger than life figure. He's made to be a villain for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And there is fanaticism on both sides of Trump. I've never seen a president that has evoked such extreme emotion, both positive and negative, where Mm-hmm. It, it's it's fascinating. It and you don't have to like or hate the guy to be fascinated by him. That's I right. think I think that much, if you're in the middle, mm-hmm. which I think the vast majority of people are, is that people, mm-hmm. and I, I think centrists sometimes get bullied, right? Because right. they're like, you're a fence sitter. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, I think most people just don't want to associate with the extreme left or the extreme right, because uh, the extreme left and the extreme right, very, very aggressive ideologies. Mm -hmm. And I think most people are looking around and they're like, boy, the world sure is on edge and somewhat off its rocker. Uh Right. That's it. So, so there is a lot of emotion right now. It is, but you just, what you just earmarked is the confusion to distract us from spirituality, to be so concerned, to have so much anxiety, to have so much uncertainty that we do not just take a day and have a Sabbath. Right. Right. It's as simple as that. Well, if you are of the camp of somebody who believes that our our democracy still has integrity, right? Mm -hmm. And it does. It's not a representative democracy in a lot of ways because the purpose of representative democracy is to elect people to go execute the will of their constituents. So that's right. You have the time to pursue your life. That's right. I have never in my life Mm -hmm. ever before seen so many people um, politically active without any action. You know, you have a lot of political tourists and hobbyists and people who like kind of voyeuristically yes. uh, just viewing all of the goings on of politics mm-hmm. and having faith that, I don't know, their will will be done. But it's, we have the technology that would give an ability for direct democracy, mm-hmm. but but they're trying to destabilize it. Sure. They want to destabilize you because you can't pray against them. You can't pray against them. The last thing they want is someone who's righteous praying against them. That's what this is all about. That's why the Tower of Babel is so effective because they were unified under Satan to do the wrong thing. Now we are in the day and age that Satan has brought it back around full circle and have united all of the people on the internet. So you can understand any language. You can speak to someone who speaks Italian, but somehow we can communicate. All we have to do is push Google Translate, Mm -hmm. and the entire world is now right back together like it was at the Tower of Babel. So the objective is to destabilize one person at a time. Why? Because they're going to sacrifice those souls to their God. The more souls they sacrifice, the stronger they get. That's what Aleister Crowley's book, Crowleyism, is all about. Aleister Crowley. I've heard the name before. I'm not super familiar with Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley, who was MI6, top Mason, top Satanist. Okay, not higher than Albert Pike, though. Okay. Who was Barbara Bush's father. He was MI6 and gay. British intelligence. Top of the rung. Okay. Well, really, they're not the top of the rung. Mossad trains them. So Mossad trains MI6. That's the Israeli uh, intelligence agency, yes? There you go. Mossad trains them. Mossad also trains CIA. Mm -hmm. So, So they're, you know, MI6 is not necessarily the top, but they are very good at what they do. He was a leading Satanist, Barbara Bush's dad. Is it Albert Pike? Albert Pike. Or Crowley was Barbara Bush's father. Correct. Aleister Crowley, leading Satanist, Led Zeppelin, bought his mansion in England. Okay. okay? Out, Out of respect. Okay. 
Albert Pike was the highest. He was the supreme commander. He has a statue in Judicial Square in Washington where he was never a politician. And he is the one who started the KKK. So Albert Pike, his book, you must read it, Morals and Dogma. Okay. Morals and Dogma. You'll see that the entire system is set up on the golden head of Babylon, silver breastplate of Persia, upper brass thighs of Greece. What does that mean? That means that we're, this is one of the greatest, the greatest polytheistic empires of them all. So that's the foundation. But we don't believe it because we were told it was Christian. So if the U.S., let's try to bring this full circle. So the, okay. so the U.S. is what you've described as the whore of Babylon, the Babylonian whore. That is correct. In that we are building ourselves up as a polytheistic society, and we have mashed all of the people and the cultures together. Yes. When this happened in the past, the Most High splintered the people and sent them to the far corners of the globe. Is that what's in store for us? Is a biblical style reckoning where the Most High says, I don't know what your country has become, but we've got to kind of bring you back down to base roots. Is that a thing? Great comment, young man. Great comment. You think so? You're all over it. That's exactly what's happening. So it's a spiritual reckoning. So we were brought up, we thought we were Christian, but we were actually polytheist. Okay. And in that, we are now at a point of judgment. So Babylon is going to be judged. Okay. Uh, Revelations 18.4 tells us, come out of her, my people, in Revelations 18.4. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because Babylon has become a habitation of devils. And if I could have saved Babylon, I would have. Okay. Now, that just draws up some of the understanding. It's even more extensive than that. And it's even, I mean, chapter and verse from every prophet is in the Bible. And it's all prophesying what's going to befall the people in the last days. What came of the people after the fall of Babylon? The Babylonians, what happened to them? Where did they go? Because that is what I'm most curious about is if we are living in this parallel modern day Babylon, Mm -hmm. what will become of, I'm I'm so curious about it. That's up to you and me. Uh, Pray tell, Michael. That's that's up to us. You know why? I bet you're going to tell me. Because this is a very special time that we're in right now. This is not a coincidence that we would come be able to share our lives, uh, share the environment, share the truth with the Darby cast doctors. Heck yeah, man. This is a time to come together as a nation. This is a time to be unified like never before. We determine our own outcome in our relationship with the one. He is the one who sets the pace. These guys are already lost. They've already lost. When we read Revelations chapter 17, verse 10, right, through 11, the king who must finish for a short space, then the lamb does battle with the ten horns, The lamb takes out the 10 horns. Those are the 10 kings. And then we'll we'll get into that in more detail. But the 10 kings are the kings that were absorbed by the Roman Empire, who would hate the whore and burn her with fire and eat her flesh. But why would you not hate the Babylonian whore as a polytheistic mess of uh, chaos, decadence, and hedonism? Because that's a part that I'm not understanding. Put all those words together. Unbelievable. Well, that's what I'm not understanding is mm-hmm. if if you, we have this society that's so unstable, polytheistic, all over the place, people wa- worshiping false idols and the like, right. why wouldn't other people say, hey, that place sucks and needs to go? So you're saying mm-hmm. the 10 horns, mm-hmm. these people, these kings- mm-hmm. They are also evil or are correct. The ten horns are the ten horns have one hour with the beast, and they hate the whore. 
They hate the splendor. They hate her greatness because they own her. They are the priesthood of the 1%, those 10 kings. They're the priesthood. They're a luminist. So they are, they are some of the black nobility, those 10 kings. So they're envious of the decadence. There you go. And there, there you go. And they live elsewhere. They live in Europe. They're the 10 horns who live in Rome and they have houses, estates here. So they live, but in Rome, various parts of Europe, uh, New Zealand. Okay. I know this for a fact. I can, I can get you the evidence. Yeah. Sounds great. Where they live. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you know, maybe we don't want to push it that far. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, we just let a couple and, things slide. And they have they have estates in Rancho Santa Fe, where we had our Bible talk okay. in the Poway Unified School District. And so, so they want to tear the whole thing down out of envious rage. They want to tear the whole thing down because the positive, the ninety, that eighty five percent positive bloodline will outbreed them, and they will be no more. If they don't stop it in 2020, you're looking at a what? 300 million here. We're at 9 billion global. That's going to double. That's going to double as of 2020. This is global. Not, so right not, now. Not, not in the United States. This is global. So, so, so right now, the U.S. population is estimated at 328.2 million. Thanks okay. for that, Kyle. Okay. Um. And let's look. Kyle, pull up the global population, if you would. Mm-hmm. 7.8 billion. Okay, almost Boy, 8 billion. That's okay. a big bag of that cheddar. Is, that is supposed to, Bill Gates and his vaccine presentation talked about us being, and I remember the number, it was almost double after 2020. That's why they have the Agenda 21, which is now the Agenda 2030 now an agenda of 2050 because they have to neutralize that number or else they're going to be outbreeded. So that's how you know they're in trouble. Look how desperate they are. Your concern was why did the 10 horns want to want to tear up the polytheistic empire when they're polytheists themselves? They can't stand the whore nor her people. That still slightly doesn't make sense to me. No. That Tell me which part so I can answer your question. I'm trying to track with it because if they've helped co-create, uh-huh. if they are a global entity, yes. if they've helped create this whore, yes. is it um, – and that's an, it's still an odd we, word coming out of my mouth to describe we the society. Are in the, we are in the limelight. They are not. Where does everyone around the world – where do they want to live? America. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to go live in Europe all over the world, all over the world. They want to live here. I don't know what the global perception of the U S is right now and how, how immigration is being affected by it. That's actually, if say I'm, we're uh, taking in a million, we're taking in a million immigrants a year. Legally. Immigration is an, is a very interesting subject. And a lot of people are saying that the U.S. is we contribute to what's called brain drain. Is uh-huh. we take the best and the brightest from around the globe, leaving a lot of countries without their top minds, leaving other countries in ruin. What do you think Shark Tank is about? They're pulling out all of the technology from entrepreneurship. Hmm. That's what they're doing. They've been they're coming up on ten years now. Mm-hmm. So they're partners. It, this is a very very they're buying up technology, 25 cents on the dollar. That's what Shark Tank is about. Is just a, a brain drain. It's a brain drain. Interesting. Jeez, we just ping pong all over the place, but it's always, no, we're, it's always, we're still fluid. Yeah, we're still fluid. It's, and we're still um, on the same road. Your, your concern, though, was why do the tin horns hate the whore? Right. They hate the people. The people make up the whore. Hmm. The people make up the whore. The system that's in place, they created it. They created it. That's what's in the secret destiny of America. So they show you that they- Manly P. Hall. Manly P. Hall, correct. So when Christopher Columbus came over here, he knew who he was looking for. 
he was sponsored by who? France, Spain, and Great Britain. When he came over here, he was looking for he was looking for a heritage of people who had been here since 2 Kings chapter 17. When the Most High cast them out before him, he said, oh, you, okay, you want to worship different gods? I'm going to send you into a place where you can go worship other gods all day. No problem. I'll send you there. So he stilled the waters for a year and a half. It'll tell you this in the Apocrypha uh, in uh, Second Edwards. E D R A S. Here's what you know. What I Verse just 13. I just came upon the question. The apocrypha. <laughs> okay. If the Most High wants to destroy the whore, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. the ten horns want to destroy the whore of Babylon, uh-huh. why do they both want to destroy it? No, the 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 Most High has allowed them. He's put it on their heart to fulfill His will. Revelation 17, 17, to agree. He has put it on there. Because why? Because it's a polytheistic empire. It's a polytheistic empire, right? That is, can't be saved. Because he says it, he tells us, Babylon cannot be saved. Right. Okay, you want me to read that? I know, I got you. Okay, so he says, Babylon cannot be saved. It has become the habitation of devils. That's what he says about this place. So he's he's using the ten horns to destroy it. He's using them to destroy it. Now, what happens when he destroys it? Then comes the new Jerusalem in Revelations 21. So he's actually expediting the end so he can bring you that second world that we talked about that's written about in the Cambridge Annotated Apocrypha. Okay, uh-huh. so as we finish up on this third hour, mm-hmm. and time flies when you're having fun. Yes. Goodness, this has been an absolute thrill. So we are looking at the New Jerusalem. After the destruction comes <laughs> the New Jerusalem. And historically, my understanding is that with any regime change, Mm-hmm. The subsequent regime mm-hmm. or that transition period between two regimes is absolute hell. Yes. <laughs> but you are saying mm-hmm. that it's not going to be that way. And that sounds peachy to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take us out, Mike. What's your what's your closing thought? So we have been reared in a paradise in many ways, especially living here in Southern California. Right. So um, Southern California is extraordinary. One of the many paradises that were created for us. This is a creator that designed this kind of paradise for you, for you personally. And that comes with your own appreciation for it, right? Which is demonstrated in that Sabbath day you setting aside the time to be grateful for the time that he gives us. Mm -hmm. And this is the same with Hawaii, Singapore. Uh, This is the same with Rota, Spain. All this beauty all over the world. And he made it specifically for us. Mm -hmm. Now, now, and, and I said that to say he knows how to give us good things. So it's the regime change. It's the regime, the current regime that he despises and those that are calling the shots over it. So he is quick to get rid of it and bring beauty like we've never seen before in that new Jerusalem, which is Revelations chapter 21. And that is going to do it. I mean, what a call out. Illuminati, beware, because there's some heat coming your way. I love it. This has been. A phenomenal Darby cast. We've got three episodes worth uh, to add to your tally, Mike. And I think uh, from a titular standpoint that we're just going to have to continue naming the episodes. Yes. Illuminati Mike part one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And however long it goes, because this is a beautiful ongoing saga and we have not even dare I say, scraped the surface with 
a total of five hours of fluid conversation. We are just beginning yes. to enter the soil and dig deep. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, sharing time with me. Thank uh, you. Illuminating my world and being a tremendous friend. You are the man. And uh, yeah, thank you so much again for, it's a, it's for stopping by. It's an honor. I love you, man. Much love to you. <laughs> and that'll do it. Darby cast. <laughs>